Hello, Rivals! Welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Game Rivals. I'm your host, Maximilian X, coming to you live from the interwebs, as always, bringing you the latest news in video gaming today. There's a lot to cover. There's seriously a lot to cover. I'm going to try and cram it as much in an hour as I possibly can. If I miss something, please forgive me on that one. But um, I'm just going to go through them as quickly as I can, but also be as concise as possible. So with that out of the way, let's just dive right into some of the, the more smaller stuff and move on from there. Um, one of the things that got announced, like I think about a couple of weeks ago, is that uh, Xbox is selling replacement controller parts and also showing like users how to fix them, which is crazy and insane because, well, okay, it's not, it's not insane. It is crazy, but it's also an interesting move by Microsoft to do this because let's not forget every modern controller that doesn't have Hall sensing analog sticks are always uh, going to have drift happen to them sooner or later. Sometimes you get lucky and you get you don't have that issue, and sometimes it's relatively easy to resolve the drift. Can't say the same thing for Joy Cons, but yeah, well, we're almost seven years uh, further at this point. If you live in a country where they cover that. If Nintendo that Nintendo covers that, good for you. If they don't, I'm sorry. Um, why am I apologizing? I'm not Nintendo. Um, but yeah, the fact that Microsoft is now selling parts for Xbox controllers. This is all Xbox controllers, by the way. So it's for the Series S and X controllers. It's for the Elite Wireless controller. You can get spare parts from analog sticks to buttons. Uh, and then some, and even the top cases, like if for whatever reason you raged against the machine and you tossed your controller against the wall and now the out top case is like cracked or whatever, even that you can fix. And they even show you how to do it, which is insane. Um, they have videos on their YouTube channel that shows you that. Um, and you know, depending on the part, you know, pretty cool. I don't, I think, as far as I can tell, um, I think at, at this point in time, it's just the U.S. that has this. But how crazy is that? So if you're experiencing drift on your very fancy Elite controller for whatever reason, now you can buy the spare parts for that. Or on your regular Series SX controller, which is really cool. Um, for those that are interested in, you know, uh, especially in the U.S., you know, you have the whole right to repair thing. Uh, going on uh, that's been going on for quite some time, mostly aimed at you know like the smartphone markets, but not just the smartphone market, but like everything tech related that is consumer technology, right? Because I think I don't think a lot of people realize this, especially the younger crowd, that back in the day you were able to fix a lot of your things yourself. Like people were fixing their own TVs if they had like the knowledge for it. They just go to Radio Shack, if you still remember Radio Shack. Yes, Radio Shack is called Radio Shack because it used to sell radio parts. And then later when TVs came in, of course, TV parts, you know, like tubes and stuff like that, and transistors. You could buy parts and fix your own electronics, which is a crazy concept, I know, for a lot of younger people. Um, it's like, but wouldn't you just bring it to, like, like a repair? Like... Yeah, of course, you had repair guys. You have repair places that also like bought like parts and then fixed them. I remember back in the day, I had to have my TV fixed. Like the CRT TV that I use right now for my classic gaming was broken. And I got it fixed by just a guy who fixed TVs for a living. Um, I think at that point he was retired. So he was doing this like, himself like earning a little bit of extra or like just working for himself like from out of his own like apartment like not even from a workshop just from his own apartment i think i'm not sure maybe just renting an apartment where he just does did all his work i don't know i don't care um 
not that I don't care. I'm very grateful for him because my TV is like an old like CRT TV. It's a flat screen though. So like as in like the the the, the glass is flat instead of like um you know like the I don't know how to call that in English. I forgot the word. <laughs> uh, instead of it's like being like a curved screen, you know what I'm saying? Um, like how most of how most of CRTVs are actually. Um, and yeah, like I've had this TV for. I mean, I bought this TV myself back in the day uh, when I was still like a teenager. I was still, I think, I was still in high school when I bought this TV, and then it broke. And then uh, got it fixed. I was like, and it's like, it's been working ever since. And like, I hope the day doesn't come that it breaks. I was like, I'm being very careful with this TV. <laughs> I don't use it as often. It's just really when I play like Super Nintendo games and stuff like that. But the fact that you're seeing that now with Xbox giving you that option is pretty great. I kind of hope that we'll see more of that coming through in the future. I doubt that PlayStation will let you fix your own controller. Um, but I can imagine. Well, actually, no, I can't imagine that Nintendo would allow you to do that either. Um, considering that they're also very, very, like, all about the whole patent stuff. Um, it would be nice if Nintendo did. Uh, that, that would make tackling the whole Joy-Con drift a whole lot e easier to swallow if you could fix it yourself for a relatively cheap instead of sending it in every time, even if they do like cover it like under cost. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, that means that you don't have to buy a new controller every time. If you have an Xbox controller, smash it. No, no don't smash it to your heart's content. That's bad. Um, but yeah, that's great. It's really awesome. Um, you know what isn't awesome? Uh, scalpers trying to like, Again, post-COVID, scalp gaming stuff. And this time, the victim is the PlayStation 5, uh, the PlayStation 5 Spider-Man 2 bundle um, and Spider-Red themed like, stuff. They're trying to scalp it. I don't think it's going to work because, for one, I'm pretty sure that Square, it's Square, so, um, PlayStation has their act together, hopefully, uh, enough to, like, deter scalpers from or deter people from relying on scalpers you know like you can just get the plates relatively easily or through their website uh, and the controller by the way both they look really cool the bundle looks super sweet um i honestly kind of want to get that bundle but it is not cheap <laughs> um and considering other rumors going around about the PlayStation 5, um, I don't know if it's handy to get such a bundle unless it is at a decent price. But yeah, I wish them good luck because here it's just to buy the plates. I mean, come on, man, dude. They're plates. Don't, don't, like, if you're a scalper, man, what are you doing? Man? What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, just in general, what are you doing? I mean, they're trying to sell it on eBay for like, a, like a hundred and between 115 and like 200 plus bucks just for the plates, the, the Spider Man team plates. Like, why? <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's like, it's hot stuff, but here's the thing we can still play the game without the plates. The plates are just a little cherry on top. So it's like, What's your deal? Um, trying to make an extra buck. I mean, I respect the hustle, but <sighs> gamers have it hard enough as is without this kind of bull crap coming along. And I'm surprised that scalpers are chill, still targeting gamers for stuff like this because it makes no sense. Like, why? It's, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's stupid. Um... Yeah, not a lot to talk about about that one. It's just I wanted to bring it up and just, like, beware. Um, I'm sure that you really want, like, the themed stuff. And I know that, I'm, I know that it's probably going to be slightly limited in sales. But unless you really want it, get it. And get it just through normal means. 
if you need to pre-order it, pre-order it or whatever. Um, but don't, don't go to eBay for this, man. Like, spend your money wisely. Um, speak, gosh, speaking of spending money wisely, uh, EA. I don't. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I've talked about it in the last episode. But EA, in their infinite wisdom, because I cannot imagine that there was anybody asking for this at all, and thinks that this will work. But EA decided that hey, we don't want to leave anybody out of enjoying Star Wars Jedi Survivor. We're gonna port it to PlayStation Four and Xbox One. Okay, outside of like maybe the PlayStation 4 Pro and maybe the Xbox One X barely being able to run this, can you imagine this running on those systems when when they launched, especially on PC, they were not optimized on the current console generation? EA, what the hell is going on? Why are you putting all this onus on Respawn? I'm, ass- I'm assuming that Respawn is having to do this port. Why are you giving them more stuff to do? They're already busy enough, like, making sure that the game runs stable on current gen and PC. And now you're like, oh, yeah. It's, this game has done so well. We want to share the love. We want to share the love to the previous gen. And I'm like... Okay, I get why, because the previous gen has more, like, a bigger um, audience, right? Because there's a lot more people that own PlayStation 4s than PlayStation 5s, most definitely. I don't know if it's the same with Xbox One and Series S and X, but you got to believe that it has to be more than Series S and X currently. But if they feel like they wanted to share the love, um, if you're gonna do it, why not bring it to? Here's uh, I can't even finish that sentence. They can't even bring it to Switch. It they don't have it. Like it's not like unless it's based off the current version of the game. Even then, it's like you. That means that the like it, at the lowest at the lowest point right now, they're aiming for Xbox One, since Xbox One is technically like the lowest like powered console from the previous generation because the PlayStation 4 is actually more powerful than the Xbox One um and the series and the, and the Xbox One X is more powerful than the 4 Pro so if you're aiming for the base models because they have to work on the base models for them to even be on 4, 4 Pro and 1X right how much are they going to cut, like, graphics-wise for this to work at all? Stable? I'm actually, like, I know that they have to because when the when the order comes from higher up, you have to do it. And it's just, it's weird. It's weird. Like, if those ports and they're, I don't know. I'm just. I'm trying to, I'm seriously trying to like rationally think about this and wonder why would you do this? And yeah, I mean, there's no, as far as I know, there's no release date for this, but it's not anytime soon. So unless they're going for a quick and dirty port, I can't imagine this coming out this year because they're, I'm pretty sure they're still working on stuff on the game as is. Right? I mean, aren't they working on DLC or something? I don't know. It's weird. I don't get it. It's a weird decision to make. But, man, there are so many weird decisions that have been made over the past week, couple of weeks, man, for real in the gaming industry. It's crazy. Um, Actually, you know what? Let's jump into the next crazy decision. And this feels like... Not just a great decision. This is an actual decision to get as much money as possible out of this franchise. And, of course, I am talking about the Red Dead Redemption 
conversion for Switch and PlayStation 4. Now, here's the thing. It like if it was an enhanced port, this would be awesome. This would actually be a win, especially for Switch players. Um I can't even call it a win for Switch players because it's a conversion for an Xbox 360 game. It's just, it's a port. It's a port of an Xbox 360 conversion. It's a port of an Xbox 360 PlayStation 3 game. And that's it. It does include Undead Nightmare for 50 bucks. They haven't touched it up in any way. It looks a little bit different, but I think that has more to do with the conversion to Switch, at least in terms of like comparing uh, the Switch version. The lightings are a bit different. That's about it. Everything else is literally the same. And the same goes for the PlayStation 4 port. Yeah, it is backwards compatible, so that means you can play it on a PlayStation 5, but playing it on a PlayStation 5 doesn't change the fact that both versions of the game run at 30 frames per second. All right. At least have like it run on 60 frames per second on PlayStation 5. And yeah, it is a PlayStation 4 game. It's not, they're not making a PlayStation 5 version. It's just a PlayStation 4 version that you can play on PlayStation 5, which is insane. And it's still not coming to PC. And PC gamers have been waiting for long enough. It's been 13 years. The game is 13 years old. Why is this happening at all? Is beyond me. Other than that is a cash grab, and they're like, oh, no, like, no, 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 no. It's not a cash grab. This is the best value for what we are offering. It's like, no, you can get, like, both Red Dead Redemption and Undead Nightmares for, like, 30 bucks, like, brand new, if you go to, like, I think Games, like, GameStop or whatever. Or you can buy it new on Amazon. And it's cheaper. Yeah, I mean, if you buy it on the uh, on the on the on like the Xbox, uh, you know, marketplace, it's gonna be like, I think it all totals up to fifty bucks as well there, which is like, first of all, that's insane. Second of all, at least on Xbox, it does run on sixty. Yeah, if you play Red Dead Redemption in backwards compatibility mode. It'll run on, I want to say, 1080p, 60 frames per second on Xbox Series S and X, which is more than I can say for this poor excuse of a port to PlayStation 4 and Switch. It's like, at least if, like, if the Switch version was 30 frames per second, I get it because it's the Switch. I'm not going to expect it to run 60 frames per second on Switch. But it's weird that it's still 30 frames per second on PlayStation 4, and that's because it is just a dirty port. I don't know what the hell they're thinking at Rockstar. Oh, wait, I know. They're just thinking about money at this point. Even with, like, GTA 6 on the horizon, allegedly, coming out somewhere next year or 2025, like, all their efforts have been in GTA Online for the past, I want to say decade, because that's been making the most money for them, and that is basically what they're focused on. It is very sad to see that a developer, well, uh, the publisher, just gets full-on Scrooge McBaggins and does this stuff, and it's like, come on, what are you doing? Uh, anyway, if you are, for whatever reason, interested in getting this for Switch, PlayStation 4. It is coming out August 17th, which is like literally this week as you're listening to this episode. Um, if you're ever listening to this episode when the episode goes out, it is literally this week. So sure. Uh, speaking of disappointments, Square Enix um, is disappointed about the sales. For, uh, for for Final Fantasy 16. And this is a pattern with them. With them having unusually high res- uh, uh, expectations for games 
And then when they're not met, they're like, we're disappointed in the sales of the blah, 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 blah. They did the same thing when the first Tomb Raider reboot um, was released. And they were like, oh, yeah, like it sold like blah, 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 blah. It smelled pretty good. I mean, not, not obviously GTA numbers, but what the frick does these days, right? But for something like uh but for something like this it's actually not that bad it could have been super way worse but it, it i mean how much is it so i mean i know for a fact that it sold actually a pretty decent number um which unfortunately this website does not have on it um i know it sold like at least in the first weekend i want to say or the first week it sold like three or something million units which is pretty impressive i mean it's pretty impressive all in all it's like it's an ex it's a playstation 5 exclusive there are 40 million playstation 5s out there selling that much is that such short a time is amazing um and considering that is an exclusive and we still haven't gotten the PlayStation the PC version yet, you know, there's still a chance for that to sell even more on PC. But considering that it's not even coming to Xbox anytime soon, or if ever, they shouldn't be that disappointed. If they want to be that disappointed, if it sold that much between Xbox and PC and PlayStation, yeah, then I can imagine that it would be a disappointing number. But I don't know what the, the I don't know what it is with Square Enix and these weird, ridiculous high standards for their games. I don't understand. Yes, it's, it's a triple A game, but it's a triple A game that's doing something different that it has never done for the franchise, at least not to this extent. And you're still expecting it to sell what? 50 million? You want a one-to-one attach ratio to the PlayStation 5? At least if you were selling if they were selling it on PlayStation 4 as well, I would understand, but come on. Be reasonable, Square Enix. Come on. I don't know what the higher echelon over there is like smoking or drinking or eating or what, but damn. I don't get it. I really don't. And it's worrying to me that they keep doing these things. And then, like, at investors' meetings, they'll be like, oh, this was, this did not meet our expectations. It's like, mm, you have way too high expectations, for real. Um, maybe, uh, maybe consider, I don't know, gamer therapy? Who knows? Um, yeah. So, uh, I don't even know anymore with Square Enix. They do stuff that makes me happy, like doing, like porting, like remastering Live Alive and bringing it out on like multiple consoles and, uh, and like doing like the, like the awesome ports and like giving love to like franchises that deserve it. I mean, look at Final Fantasy 14, right? They're still supporting that. Like that is getting DLC. It's finally coming to Xbox next year. There's clearly like, parts of square enix that know when to show love and then there's like the the upper echelons that just look at the money and then just say stuff like oh we're we uh, didn't meet our expectations it's like oh my gosh no 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 don't do that that's just like it's not like the developers are already not like in um it's not like they don't have like the issues well not issues it's not like they already have a hard time with people like giving feedback and stuff like that now you have to come and bring this like bummer and like have the i i have to imagine that the team does not feel that hot about them saying that you know what i'm saying it's just I don't know. It's it's really weird what they're doing at Square Enix. It's kind of disappointing. I hope, I hope that uh, you know down the line that it, that it does end up not being an evergreen title for them. Um, at the very least, they are committing to the game, and they are willing to like look at how to market the game to fans 
and like get the interesting and keep the interesting interest in the game going. So at least there's that. And there's also still the PC port that will eventually come out. I think maybe next year or something. Who knows? Um, considering that they're also busy working on the expansion and the and uh, the the Xbox version of uh, Final Fantasy XIV, um, the, the developers have their hands full, right? Um, I wish them luck. I hope that it does end up selling pretty well. Um, because you know what? Every game deserves to at least sell decent numbers, especially if it's like something that ha- does have its fans and people do enjoy it and probably would like to see more like this, like iterated on the ideas that were in the game. It's just, man, that's harsh. You know what isn't harsh though? Valve trying to save you some money by selling refurbished Steam decks, um, which is pretty awesome because they go for as much as 130 bucks less than new ones. Um, so, for example, they are selling the 64 gigabyte models, assuming they're in stock, of course, um, for uh, $319, which normally goes for $399. Uh, the 256 model for uh, Four hundred and nineteen instead of five twenty nine, which is actually pretty good, and the five twelve model for five nineteen dollars instead of six hundred and forty nine, which is actually pretty good. It's like what a hundred and uh, yeah, that's like like what one hundred and thirty bucks. Yeah, that's the maximum. That's one hundred and thirty bucks difference. That's beautiful. Like it's great that they're doing that. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think like. Nintendo does that. They don't sell refurbished Switches, for example. And Microsoft, and as far as I can tell, Microsoft and PlayStation don't sell refurbished PlayStation 5s or series consoles. So, yeah, pretty cool. Like, refurbished, you know, they made sure that everything is okay. Um, They might look a little scuffed on the outside, but, you know, they made sure that they're in working order. And that's great, because at least... Like, maybe someone bought it and didn't like it and then send it back or whatever uh, the case is um, that they send it back for whatever reason. You know, they still come with, the like, the warranty on it. So, you know, you should be good. Um, and, yeah, that's good. That's good on them. That also shows, by the way, that they are dedicated to the Steam Deck way more than they ever did for a Steam machine. The Steam Machine, oh my god, remember that, remember that atrocity of, like, a standard? Oh my gosh, that was so bad. Um, But the Steam Deck, they really seem to be committed to it, to the point at which that they are looking into, um, like, you know, future iterations of the Steam Deck, which is good. So, you know, like, trying to look at improving battery life maybe upgrading the screen to like an OLED or whatever. And that's good. They're looking towards the future for the Steam Deck. You know what I say to that? Kudos. Good job, Valve. You're actually doing something that people really like. And now you're giving people the opportunity to get an, uh, to, to get a, to get a Steam Deck for a reduced price. I know that there are people that are out there like, mm, I want to get the, the 64 gig, but that is so small. Like almost barely, like, if you want to play, I don't know if Baldur's Gate is actually compatible with the Steam Deck, but if you wanted to play Baldur's Gate on Steam Deck, you can't on the six, not at least not on the 64 one. It's like 120 gigabytes, especially not like on the 64 one, unless you put it on a micro SD card. And it's like, I don't know if that would work uh, well with the right speed and stuff like that, but at least the 512 one or the 256 one. Those are way more viable now um, as refurbished models. So, you know what? Take a look on the Steam page. Um, Would you you consider picking up a Steam Deck if it's refurbished? Um, There's nothing wrong with refurbished as long as it's done well. Can't say that for all refurbished devices, but 
you know, since it's done by Steam, by Valve, they have to like live up to the quality of it, right? So I think that's really good. That's really great for them. Good for them. Good for like the consumer. Win-win. Um, mm, all right. There's still a few more things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, what I wanted to talk about first and foremost actually is, again, I think I talked about it last week, but Boulder's Gate 3 is doing really well, y'all. So well, in fact, that it has, for the year of 2023, surpassed the top-rated game on Metacritic and uh, uh, OpenCritic, Tears of the Kingdom. It is by one point, and it is by like a like a big difference between like uh, Tears of the Kingdom having like 140 plus reviews out versus uh, I want to say 30 plus reviews, 30 to 40 plus reviews for Baldur's Gate 3, that is impressive considering that, that that is a smaller number of aggregate scores that you have, but it still got a 97. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, this is a 97. Um, Tears of the Kingdom is at a 96, which has prompted people to be like, give me a year, give me a year. And it's like, oh, like the people, I think it's weird. I don't know why. But it looked like people were like already like ready to give um they were ready to give game of the year to Tears of the Kingdom. That's what that's what it seems like the conversations were going on. It's like, dude, the year is still like we're only halfway through the year. It's great that you're having every the year conversations, but as much as I love Tears of the Kingdom, there's still a lot of games that are still have to come out yet this year. And even for Bullish Games, like, okay. So 97 is going to be a hard number to beat for sure, right? In terms of like aggregate scores. And honestly, Larian Studios, kudos, kudos. I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3, and let me tell you, it has been a roller coaster of experiences playing that game. For real. Uh, I mean, I know this is not like what I've been playing, but just a little bit of a story time for, 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 um, for one of the things that happened to me in Baldur's Gate 3 was playing solo. This is a solo thing. Actually, yeah, this, no, you know what? No, uh, I have so many stories. My gosh, I honestly, like, if I had the time, I would do a, you know, what I've been playing. But um, I'll have, uh, well, I'll save it for another time. But, oh my God, this is a recent one, so it's in my memory. So I was playing, uh, I was playing Baldur's Gate with, like, with my friend. And, we we found this like hidden like underground cavern with like these beautiful illuminated like uh mushrooms and whatnot and like we find this like one minotaur right whose hp is like super low we kick its ass super easily and we're like okay this this is weird right so we venture forth in further into this cave and I was like, it, from what I could see, because there is a field of vision that is limited, right? So you like you can scroll around and you can see the environment, but you can't see what enemies are in said environment. So I look into that. We 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 go in. I go in, kind of with kind of like reckless abandon. It's just like, oh, there's no enemies here. Keep walking, and all of a sudden, a battle triggers. I'm like, wait, what the? And, like, right in front of us, there are two minotaurs, full health level four. I'm like, where did they come from? And my friend is just laughing his ass off. And like, oh, of course you triggered a battle. I'm like, oh, my God, this is not funny. And then it was the minotaur's turn to attack us. And, oh, my God, these things are evil. They charged at us like they were linebackers who had nothing to lose and just like bum rushed my character off like this very narrow like walk path I'm like what the hell just happened it's like oh no they're gonna kill us and sure enough they wiped us out one weird thing though is that they kept rushing like 
the like everybody else except for one character and they did it like multiple times like one time they rushed everybody but like um the barbarian character and then the other time they rushed everybody except for the wizard super weird and like we're trying to whittle down their hp and it's not going well like we did that encounter at least we died at least what three or four times before we finally were able to like look at the situation and be like okay so if we do this we do that we do this and do that and even then two people got knocked off and died again we were able to beat the minotaurs but not before sacrificing people <laughs> it's like oh my gosh that is ridiculous what is up with them just like being like oh we're gonna shove you off and die it's like at least we won and we left <laughs> Oh my god, it's so silly. And there are like a lot of other situational things like that. Another thing that happened uh, when I was playing solo is I came across like this sacked village, uh sacked by a bunch of goblins, and this like a bunch of another goblin like group um from that sacking had captured a uh gnome and they tied him to this is all early game stuff, by the way, so it's not really spoilers, but um, they tied him to like a windmill and they were, they wanted him to learn to fly. So I did the wisest thing and told them step off. Uh, let me have him. And luckily for me, the intimidation rules worked. Um, so I persuaded them to like leave the gnome to me. So they left. And I was like, cool, let me go get the gnome down. So I walk up to the windmill. I can't get him down. I'm like, okay, so we probably have to stop the windmill from spinning first. So you do, so I go into the windmill and there's like these two switches. And the first switch says, release brake lever. So I'm not, in, my, in my infinite wisdom, I think, oh, this is the brake. But once I've clicked on it and then accidentally moused over the other button, that one said brake lever. And then I was like, oh no. And then the cutscene starts and like the windmill speeds up. And the, and the goblin that I was talking to that was like, oh, I want to learn. We want to teach them how to fly. It's like, oh, look, he's flying. I'm like, no. No. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I laughed a little bit myself, though, and then I saved Scum, and then I did it again. And I managed to save him this time by actually using the freaking brake. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I will say this. Like, if you're, like, averse to safe scumming, I don't care, <laughs> right? Like, I will try to save scum as least as possible, but gosh darn it, there are certain things that, like, you feel like you have control over, and it's like, bro, bro. Oh, my gosh. It's like, the moments like those make me wonder, like, if I would do well in an actual D&D campaign. Because, <laughs> oh, man, learning to take L's is a hard thing, I learning to take L's is a hard thing for real for real for real um oh my gosh i've been talking about borderless gate 3 the whole time <laughs> all right so there are a few more things that i wanted to talk about one is um overwatch 2 finally uh got released on steam recently um because they're trying to broaden like the reach of like their games beyond battlenet because before this is like Overwatch One, Overwatch Two, this is all Battle.net exclusive, at least when in terms of when it comes to PC. And now it's also on Steam. And you know what Steam has? Steam reviews. You know how bad the stream reviews are? Very, very, very bad. Very bad. I mean, I've like I've seen some bad Steam reviews, but gosh darn it, man. 
there is like over uh, at this moment in time, there is over 120, almost 130,000 reviews, and it's overwhelmingly negative. Like only 9% of the reviews are positive. And yeah, most of them are like very trolly stuff talking about, oh, yeah, the porn is better and blah, 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 yada, 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 yada. Um, but some are actual like legit like reviews and like people telling their stories of like how they started with playing Overwatch 1 and the promise of Overwatch 2 and how much they like are disappointed and all that junk. And then there are people that are just plainly memeing stuff, which is, you know, it's, it's you're right. You can do whatever. Um, so like a whole bunch of them, like the majority of the negative stuff is just people memeing on it. Um, and just leaving bad reviews for the sake of leaving bad reviews because, well, you know, they felt slighted and burned by, you know, Blizzard, which, you know, they were, it sucks and they were. So it makes absolute sense that it would be reviewed super negatively on Steam. Um, in fact, it's one of the, if not the worst reviewed games on Steam so far. Um, I don't think anything is going to top Overwatch 2 anytime soon, if ever. Um, unless it's some really, this really horrible shovelware that, you know, even then will people even think the chance, the time to review something that insignificant, at least in their eyes? Um, probably not. But this is, this has way more of an impact than like anything else on Steam right now. It's just, yeah, what they were, what were they, what were they expecting at Blizzard? Think that the reviews were going to be good on Steam? No, not after what they told. But yeah, that I I, I venture to say that sucks. But it doesn't? Nope. They they screwed over the fans, and it's kind of disappointing. It's mostly this is mostly aimed at like Activision Blizzard higher ups more than at the developers. But yeah, what the hell did you expect? But you know what? They don't care at all because all they think about is the almighty dollar. So, yeah, we've, we've come full circle again with that stuff. Um, yeah, lastly, and definitely not the least thing that I want to talk about um, today in this episode is that THQ Nordic had a so showcase this past weekend. And they showed off a bunch of games that were already announced, showed some more trailers, but also new games that they had not announced yet. New games like. South Park Snow Day, which is a multiplayer 3D co-op battle royale, at least from what I could tell from the from the um, from the trailer. Um, yeah, you again, you can play with three other players with, with three other friends and play against other people. Um, the trailer looks very battle royale. Um, so, you know, that's coming next year to like all consoles, bar to switch, um, alone in the dark, they show two new trailers, uh, one for Edward Carnby played by David Arbor and, uh, em Emily, uh, Hartwood played by Joni Corner, um, the two protagonists of the original alone in the dark. And suffice to say, it looks pretty good. I mean, it's like character pieces, like character portrait stuff. So it's not like, um, so it's not like it's like it's showing more of the more of the game. It's just more of the characters, um, and they're like having this got the dialogue, and it's it looks really good. Like it looks pretty decent. I mean, I'm not gonna say that it looks like, um, like it bridges the uncanny it it bridges the uncanny valley, but you know it looks pretty good. Um, they don't look super creepy, um, but yeah, it's very well animated, and like the faces are very well animated, and like. Performance really comes through, which is nice. So good for them for doing that and putting them out there. Um, a, part, a, a couple of other titles that kind of caught my interest that I want to talk about real quickly. Um, they finally did a reveal trailer for TMNT The Last Ronin, um, which is based off this uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, graphic novel where um, all but one turtle uh remains after a series of defeats that they uh gotten where like a turtle died including master splinter and this last turtle which we don't know who it is 
um, basically takes up all their weapons and decides to like continue the work as the last Ronin. I haven't read the graphic novel, but from what I heard, it's a really cool, really good story. Um, and it looks really cool. It looks like they're going for like this black and white motif, kind of like the original comics of TMNT. So that's cool. And I think the last Ronin was also in black and white. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, that is also coming. Uh, I don't know if they, there's no date for that one just yet, uh, because they only now actually officially got announced. Um, even though it already got announced, but there was no trailer. So they, it's just a teaser trailer, no gameplay. So don't expect that. Um, they showed off a bunch of other games that kind of looked interesting. Space for Sale is a PC game, um, that they're working on as well. And that is, uh, also coming. It kind of reminds me of a top down astroneer but if astroneer also had aliens that wanted to kill you which <laughs> cute aliens that want to kill you with tentacle monsters and alien civilizations and blah 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 it looks really fun it looks really cool i think it's coming out sometime this year um another game that it showed off that looked really interesting to me was outcast a new beginning which is this open world um like i want to say like like post it's it's like an alien planet and it's up to you and like your fellow like crew or whatever to like harness this planet and like get the most out of it and like you're like building bases and like commuting communicating with the with the with the fauna which is really cool it kind of i hate to say this it kind of reminds me of avatar Except this looks way more interesting because, for one, you have a jetpack which you can use um, to during a traversal and potentially combat. Um, I don't think they show off combat in this trailer, but maybe I didn't pay close attention to it. But it looks really cool. It looks very interesting. So, Outcast: A New Beginning definitely one to watch. It's coming to everything except for the Switch. Um, and then one more that I wanted to talk about. Um, well, actually, two more that I want to talk. The three, two more that I want to mention, and one that I want to talk about. Uh, they showed a new trailer for Titan Quest Two, uh, which was more of a CG trailer, and they showed off a new trailer for Trine Five, which you know that if that's your thing, that's great. Titan Quest Two, I'm actually looking forward to. Um, it's coming to PC, and it's also coming to consoles, except for the Switch. Um, but yeah, the last one that I want to talk about was Recathon, which is this, um, uh, what's the other game called again? Uh, Trackmania-inspired game. But it's like, what if Trackmania had elements of uh, Theme Park? You know, the, the, the PC game Theme Park or Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, and then they just went ham with it. The result is Recathon, uh, uh, sorry, Recreation, like W R E A K. Am I saying that right? Or, sorry, C K. Recreation. <laughs> cool name, by the way. Um, and it looks really cool. Like, you can like place uh, towns and like sculptures and blah, blah, blah. And you can. Build wherever you want to go. You can put a bunch of loopy loops in there. You can split up. You can build the levels co-op, which is really cool. Um, and that is also coming like sometime this year. I kind of hope because it looks really cool, and I kind of want to play it. Um, and you know, you're doing like tricks and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, it just got announced, and I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's not coming out. Now, um, it's coming out on everything except for Switch again. So, you know, PC and, you know, Xbox Series and PlayStation 5. So, yeah, look forward to that one as well and, like, a bunch of other stuff. If you want to learn more about those games, uh, honestly, just go to THQ Nordic's YouTube channel. You'll find all the relevant trailers there because I really couldn't find really good coverage for this, like, at all for whatever reason, and it's a little bit disappointing. Um, but yeah, that is outside of that. 
yeah, I think that's it. That is all the news that I wanted to cover this week. Um, again, thank you so much. If you've reached the end of this episode, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Um, as we are also on YouTube now. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it. As I said in the previous episode, and I will be saying for the foreseeable for future, until I get a new co-host or co-hosts, I'm still looking for new co-hosts and co-hosts to host this podcast with me, which is a bi-weekly podcast that we that I record uh, every other week, uh, where you talk about, as you just heard, the latest in gaming news, of course. And yeah, I want to do more with this podcast. And for that, I do need co-hosts to be able to do that. So please, if you are interested, please, you can email me at gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com or you can DM me on uh, Instagram, which is at Maximilian, um, and you can find me there. But that is it for me today. You can find Game Rivals, of course, on every favorite, any of your favorite podcasting services. Our home is on Spotify, but we're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Cop Podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Overcast, you name it, we're probably there. You can also... Uh, find us on YouTube. If you're watching this right now on YouTube, thank you so much for watching here. Don't forget to leave a like, leave a comment, uh, and subscribe. That helps with uh, visibility and reachability, and that is very much appreciated. So thank you so much for that. Um, and you can find us also on TikTok. Uh, I'm at Maximilian uh, underscore X there as well. And uh, I think that is it. Yeah, that is it for me. Thank you so much for watching once again. I appreciate all of you beautiful people. Uh, I have been and always will be Maximilian X, and I'll see all you beautiful rivals next time. Later.